I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked out of the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, feeling the madness. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Hey, it's March Madness. Let's go. Hey, were you surprised at how the bracket turned out and which places and teams were seated in which spots? Wow, I'm so surprised. I can't believe Duke is where they're at. I can't believe North Carolina is where they're at. In that region and who they can match up with. Wow, uh, their path is just, it's wild. (laughs) (laughs) We are obviously, we're recording this before the bracket has come out, but we have enough stuff to talk about that wasn't March Madness, so we'll get to that eventually for sure. But today, Are we going to do a draft draft pool? We've had some tweets and stuff about it in DM of of like a Locked On Mavs March Madness thing. Okay, Mm. here's the thing. Tweet at us. Yeah, we we need somebody to run it. If we get enough tweets about you wanting to do a lockdown mavs draft bra- or not a bracket uh pool for march madness let us know let us know tweet us at nick van exit at isaac l harris at lockdown mavs you can do any of those uh, dms are open for most parties involved all right so on the podcast today we are going to talk about dirk Ugh, isaac he got so close he got <laughs> so close he got so close on saturday night he really wanted to pass wilt but now he's currently three points away from tying and four points from passing Wilt Chamberlain to reclaim his rightful place on the throne in the sixth spot on the all-time scoring list. So we will talk about that. We'll talk about the Dallas versus Cleveland game that the Mavericks actually won. We will also hear from Christoph Porzingis during the game. Uh, he had a, a decently long interview, longer than the one on TNT. And so we'll hear just from one question that we thought was interesting uh, <laughs> and talk about a couple other things from there. And then we're going to talk about the draft. We have not talked about the draft at all because... It's very in flux for the Mavericks, but we will talk about a couple questions surrounding the draft today. But first, Isaac, how did you feel when Dirk was just, I mean, he's three points away from tying Wilt, and he just couldn't get it done. It was just, oh, I was like right there. It, it, he was he was scoring. He was playing well. It was one of his best games of the season, probably. I Man. mean, uh, Jeff Scanway tweeted out, he, he called it like Dirk bumps, and you really had him, like you really had the chills of this vintage Dirk. Oh yeah. Like goosebumps. Like when, yeah. when you get excited or you anticipation, your skin kind of like bumps up your and Dirk raises, get your spidey just, senses going. Just Dirk in the fourth quarter. It kind of reminded me of when he was going for 30 K and against yes. the Lake, I guess it was the Lakers last year. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Larry Nance. Then. And, uh, which was, which was funny because Larry Nance plays for the Cavs. Uh, yes. That is very funny and weird. But uh, he wasn't in this game, though. That would have been really like, you know, like, hilarious if he hit the 30K shot on Larry Nance and then he hit, it again, hit the one against Will. <laughs> he didn't play in this game, but it would have been really funny. Uh, but it reminded me that fourth quarter reminded me of the first quarter against the Lakers last year. And just that he came out, he was hitting yeah. everything, launching it. And you wanted him to get every shot in the in the fourth. Uh, the crowd was crazy. And it just it, it he just took everything back. Those threes. You know, those threes that he hit in the fourth, it wasn't just wide open threes. They're right in people's faces. And uh, he fell down that like kind of baseline jumper. And yeah, I mean, you thought it was going to happen. I think he had like 10 points in the fourth quarter. and But then he just got cold at the end and 
Because you kind of went, oh my gosh, he's not going to pass it tonight. Um, he's had kind of a slower game to, holy crap, he's going to pass it. This is insane. Fourth yeah. quarter to, oh, another night. But we just get to get hyped up for another night. Another so, night, and, yeah, yeah. The anticipation, he's going to get the four points on Monday night uh, that you listen to this at home sure? in New, New Orleans. Uh, everybody's going, going to be super hyped. It's going to be the story of the night. It should be the story of the league. And, uh, man, it, it should be for another uh, special night. It's going to be the story of the league, and it's going to be, it's probably going to be bigger than LeBron passing Michael Jordan, which is kind of weird, right? It would, you would think that, you know, getting higher on the list, like, like LeBron is doing right now, would be a bigger story. But for Dirk, this is kind of the end, right? And so if he's, he's probably not going to pass whoever's, whoever's ahead of, who's, who's ahead of Will Chamberlain? It's, uh, it's Kobe, right? He's the next one. LeBron. No, because it goes, it goes Kobe. No, no, yeah, it's it's Jordan, Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Carl, Kareem. That's the top. Yeah. So the next one would be, uh, would be LeBron. Jordan. Jordan. No, the next one's Jordan. Yeah. Stop doing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is Jordan. He's probably not. He's probably not going to pass Jordan. So this is probably it for him. And so to to kind of celebrate the career of Dirk. Whereas we're not going to really celebrate the career of LeBron. It's not over yet. It's still going. So I mean, we could celebrate it. Sure. Yippee. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean this is this is a huge deal for me because if you look up the fan club for Wilt Chamberlain, uh, I'm on the board of that, and I, I am a very big advocate that Wilt Chamberlain is in the top two, three goat conversation. I think one of the biggest um, biggest frustrations for me in NBA history is the fact that people think that Wilt uh, just played against nobodies and. Um, but anyway, that's a whole different conversation. So him passing Wilt Chamberlain is a massive deal for me, and it should be for everybody else too. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a major deal. It's gonna be fun. So that game is on tonight, Monday night. If you're listening to this on Monday, which all of you should be, now we might drop this a little early on Sunday. But if you're watching, if you're um, watching on Monday night, be ready, be there. It's gonna, it's gonna probably happen early. He's probably gonna start again. He's been starting the last couple of games, so. Uh, yeah, he should hit the first quarter. I think they'll come out. It'll be kind of like the 30k night against the Lakers. He'll probably he come hit, out. He should hit it the first play. Just get a four point play right off the what? bat. Just a just a catch and shoot three right over somebody. Fouls him. Boom. Who you know, would, you, it, want, who would was, you want to foul him? Like, well, I was thinking about this. It, it's gonna be. Uh, it, it's pretty cool for somebody like the the Pelicans and Anthony Davis to see somebody so loyal uh, to their city have such a special moment. Uh, in in their city for their franchise and just to accomplish this milestone see the crowd reaction uh, because he can look back on all the accomplishments that he had in new orleans and maybe try to uh compare it to that or so yeah looks so back on his it's looks cool. back on his one playoff win or his it's one cool playoff for, series yeah. win and it's cool for ad to kind of see this up close and personal and be like you know what what if but too bad they're done. They're they're down already, Isaac. You've done enough. <laughs> they're dead already. Oh man. So, so I would like Anthony Davis to foul him on the shot. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Just and then and then Dirk stands up and Anthony Davis is still on the ground for some reason and he and Dirk steps over him. Oh my <sighs> gosh, a Ty Lue. <laughs> like Ty, yeah, like Ty Lue. So uh, other than that, in this Cavs game, there wasn't a ton to really get to. Tim Hardaway Jr. had a decent game, which is good to see. It's good to see him. Uh, getting out there and shooting. He was four of nine from, from three. He had 22 points. He led the team. Maxi had 18 and 12 with five offensive rebounds. 
it's good yeah. to see Maxi uh, getting some some more run off the bench, and he's had he's had two he's strung together two really nice games after having a, a pretty tough stretch. So good to see that from Maxi. Uh, Brunson continues his solid play: sixteen points, seven boards, six of ten from the field. All rookie uh, second team. Let's go. Let's go. Keep it going. Keep it moving. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith also was four of six from three. He had fourteen points. Good to see that from him. And we got some Trey Burke minutes. Finally, he's alive. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's finally alive. He's playing. Oh man, we finally got got some more Trey Burke minutes on there <laughs> that we were uh, calling for, and he was plus nine, eleven points, two assists, doing something. He's out yeah. there. Yeah. All right, so um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's hear from Borzingis, and then we'll get to the draft. All right, Isaac. So let's hear from Kristaps Borzingis because he spoke to. Okay, let's get this out of the way. He spoke to Falwell, Derek Harper, and Jeff Skin Wade on the broadcast. And <sighs> Derek Harper asked Porzingis if he would rather, if he would like him to give him a nickname. He's and like, we know, all collectively I, is like, no, no, <laughs> He no, said, I know no. you have the unicorn, but would you, well, I could give you another nickname. <laughs> and in that answer, Kristaps was like, uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> and then he called him like the fashion mat. The fashion that I don't even know what he said because it was kind of muffled, but whatever he called him, it whatever was worse it was, than, it was somehow worse than the matador. I was going to say it was better than the matador. <laughs> oh, you thought it was better? <laughs> well, I couldn't even hear it, so it doesn't count. But then uh, as the interview went on, there's a couple other questions. And then at the very end, Falwell asked him a question about him possibly playing this season. Since he's been playing, he's been feeling so well. He's been practicing. He's been doing five on five. It was something nobody really expected, except for maybe Porzingis. And now they ask him this question, whether he's going to play the season or not. I know that you mentioned uh, along those lines of, well, we'll see how things go. So yeah. is there any possibility of that out there? I, hope so. I, I, I don't have an answer for you. I wish I, I, wish I did. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. So we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Uh, what? I, 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 what? I, I don't know. <laughs> so... Right when he was about to answer, Harp interjects and goes, I hope so. And then Porzingis comes in and is like, uh, I don't know, because he's, he doesn't even give a reason. He's just like, I don't know yet. And this is so weird to me that we haven't just established this Porzingis is playing or not. It seems like the team thinks that he thinks he's not playing. But now he's come back, and he's been playing in practice, and so now it's it's gray again. It was It was totally black and white for me earlier, before this interview, and now it's like not black and white anymore. <laughs> It's now well, gray. Okay, this is uh, opinion Isaac section. This is not um, anything behind Sourced it. Isaac. <laughs> yes. This, I think his, him and his camp control everything with this. And it's like what As I far as about, him playing or not. Yes. And, and uh, if you're part of the, if you're the Mavs organization, the safe side, the safe road to go down is just say from the very beginning, he's not playing because that just kills any anticipation of him playing. And all the theoretically fun, kills all the fun. Uh, theoretically, but there's still people, you know, holding out hope for that. So the Mavs just keep on saying, and even Mark Cuban saying on the pot, Hey, we're not doing this. We're not, you know, he's not playing. That's, that's it. When push comes to shove, if, Porzingis in his camp <laughs> came up and said, "Hey, we want to play." Um, I don't think you want to piss off Porzingis's camp right now. So that's the that's the thing. You 
him talking, this is another interview, another time where he's talking and talking about everything going on. It was just two or three, two weeks ago, I feel like I said on the spot, I'm like, hey, we didn't, you asked me, will he talk at the exit interview? And I'm like, I don't know if he will, because everything that I had heard was he's just not going to talk to the media. He's, he's just going to ride this thing out, rehab. Um, we didn't even know if he's going to practice. Like we didn't, I mean, a lot of people didn't think he was going to practice with the team this year. So not only did he start practicing and now five on five practicing, now he's, I mean, he's did the TNT, TNT thing. He's did, went on Fox, um, just different stuff now to where he's more visual with media. And this, this interview on Fox Sports Southwest feels less required to me than TNT. You feel like TNT, yeah. big, big platform coming in. One of the, you know, it's the second time this season, but the first time in a while TNT has done a couple of games for the Mavericks and you say, oh, we want to put poor things out there. So I can imagine the PR staff kind of pushing him a little bit like, hey, can you, go and do this, you know, you're the new guy on the, on the team and everybody wants to hear from you and they haven't heard from you yet. And well, we've heard from him and then we heard from him again on TNT and now we've heard from him again on Fox Sports Southwest that feels less required yeah. than the TNT one to me. Yeah, so so yeah, it. I think it's more, more of his camp type of thing. They have their plan that they have stuck to the whole time and uh, I'm not going to say it's all about them because if he came in and said, hey, I want to play 40 minutes a night, he's not going to play 40 yeah. minutes a night. It, it has to be a mutual thing from both sides. But, yeah, I mean, I still would say there's a high possibility we don't see him again. But, you know, you never know if two weeks from now and it's the last couple of weeks of the season and Porzingis' camp is like, hey, we want to get a few games under our belt, which selfishly we would like to see. Oh, yes. But, for this podcast, for sure. But if you're in his... <laughs> If you are in his spot, there's no reason to do it. There's no absolutely no, no reason. No, there is. There absolutely no, is. There's no. absolutely a reason for him to play no. because this could be the last time he ever has to play with Dirk. Okay. This is this is his idol growing up. This is a guy that he idolized. To be able to play with him that's not in Africa, that's actually in the United States, in the NBA would be Can you imagine like that would be major for him? It would be huge, but is it worth risking millions? Tens. Would of he millions. risk millions? If he goes out and tears his ACL again in two he's games, not because he wants to, he's not Bell. He's not going to just sit out for a year and then he's going to lose it, you know, just because no, no, if no. he gets injured, I'm, he's I'm just, done. I'm just saying at this point in the season, you're saying you want to play two games to play with Dirk when you could go out there. You're about to get paid a massive deal this summer, and you could go out there and risk that over two games just because you want to play with somebody. I get it. I think it would be awesome. It would be awesome story to cover, but is if this, I'm him, it's not. This to me is the same as the Zion story. Oh no! Right, it's well, a little different. Right, Zion going out there—he's coming risky. off a torn ACL. Zion is, Zion just like blew out a shoe and everybody freaked out. But it's been—it's been over thirteen months since he's come off that ACL. He is back, like he's ready to go. I think I, I think he's ready to go for sure. I just if I'm him, it's not worth it. And so everybody was was saying about Zion, like don't come back. You're, you're waste. You, you know you could waste all this. Zion's gonna get big number one no matter what. He could tear, go out and tear his ACL. He's still gonna go number one in my opinion. But if Porzingis tears his ACL again, is he still going to get a max contract? I'm not for sure about that. Uh, are we not sure that the Mavericks have already promised him things? Next subject. Are we not sure that the Mavericks have already gone to his camp and said, "Hey, we're giving you the max"? No, I mean, I think that that's I think that's logical to think and believe at this point. But still, I mean, if but once again, if he tears his ACL, things that could change drastically. And I know that's the extreme and the chances of that happen. Yeah. I, I get that. But somebody that hasn't played in 13 months and all this different stuff to risk that right before, like with nothing on the line, you know, with the lottery there and everything, 
<laughs> yeah, it would just that's that's a huge risk for him. Great or good. <laughs> the city is in danger. My evening is in danger. That always makes me think of that. That line from the Incredibles. Nothing you would on the, quote the Incredibles. Nothing on the line. <laughs> okay. Anyway. All right, let's take let's take another break and stop talking about the Zion Porzingis corollary and talk about the draft because it's and coming. And just talk about Zion. <laughs> yeah, to talk to actually talk about Zion uh, in his own way. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the draft. All right, Isaac. So the draft is coming as it sits right now. This is um, Sunday at let's see five o'clock ish Central, Central time. time. The Mavericks are currently in the seventh spot with a 32% chance to keep their pick, a 9% chance to get the number one pick, which is 9% is pretty wild because the number one odds for the number one pick is only 14. <laughs> so if the Mavericks t- tanked all the way to number one in the tank standings, they'd only have a 5% better chance to get the number one pick. Wow. That's pretty wild to think about, you know? <laughs> like they're, yeah. they're in a good spot right now. And... But the, the where they want to be is to keep their you know their their pick in general, not just get top one. Um, and so Memphis has moved ahead of them for sixth. They are t- twenty eight and forty two right now. Mavericks are twenty eight and forty one, so they're only a half game behind them. And they are now four and a half games behind Atlanta. Atlanta has done some losing, <laughs> and <laughs> now the Mavericks play this game against the Pelicans. Who knows what's going on with the Pelicans? The Pelicans have lost six straight. They lost. Man, no. one of the all-time tank jobs against the Kings the other night. You yes. should just just go watch it. I think Fly by Kite, Fly by Night uh, on Twitter had the video. It's on NBA Reddit. It's everywhere of the Pelicans blowing this overtime game to the Kings. It was an all-timer. Where it just you could not explain it without saying the word tanking, right? Like there's no other way to explain it. So, how do you feel about where the Mavericks are? And then give me your first draft question. Um, how do I feel with the Mavericks are? So obviously, yeah, obviously they get in the top four. There's a lot of stuff into play, and that's what uh, kind of why we wanted to talk about. It. We've gotten a lot of tweets and stuff about, "Hey, what are your opinion on this player? Who should they take here and there?" Yeah. We're going to dive really into that more over the next month, especially after the season ends. In between that and the draft lottery, we'll do uh, we'll all do... our draft profiles before the lottery. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, this Monday pod, we're like, "Hey, we just want to shoot out there uh, some questions right off the some general questions about the draft with no huge deep dives." Um, so question one is, okay, if the, if Dallas does get that top pick and I say this as a question, it shouldn't even be a question, <laughs> but if Dallas does get the top pick, well, break it, it. it is a question because Adam Silver will go to that team and say, who are you drafting? And they will have to tell him <laughs> it is not, That's true. it's not guaranteed <laughs> who should Dallas take. At Whatever one? happened to like in the NFL or in NBA where they would tell the number one pick that he's being drafted by that team, you know, days and weeks in advance. You remember when Yes, I remember that. Who was I think it was Sam Bradford just knew like a month ahead of time that he was going to get drafted by I think it was the Rams at the time. Yeah. And he just sat there and knew like out. we all knew that he was just going to get picked. Yeah. So, I mean that if Dallas gets the top spot, if anybody gets the top spot, there's nobody else besides Zion Williamson. It's not even a debate. It please don't even try to don't try don't try. If they take There's, the pick and they're keeping it. They're taking Zion. Zion, Porzingis, and Luca. I mean, Zion and Luca would be incredible, just incredible for our business. <laughs> it would be incredible for, for this business. And what's good for our business is usually good for the Mavericks business too. They 
I mean, they would sell so many tickets and jerseys. They would have oh a gosh. marketing campaign to just... I mean, you could do the, the Euro Step Brothers angle of Porzingis and Luca. You could do the Thick Bros with with Luca and Zion. I mean, there's just so many different angles you could go down. And the combo of, of Luca and Zion as your wings... I mean, you can you can play those guys all over the place. Zion plays five for the for Duke right now. Yeah, <laughs> he can probably play that in the NBA against a lot of lineups. What what this man can do for his size and everything? I mean, he really is. You you hear a lot of names thrown out there as far as comps for him, and he's really like this combo of Blake Griffin, Draymond, Barkley. And yes. Yeah. It's like all of these guys that he has the Draymond Green type of defensive potential that. He can guard all these positions and hold his. You know, he's not he's not six ten or six eleven. He's he's more like six seven when it comes to height. But he's like two eighty, and so he can like hold his ground if he can have the discipline as Draymond on the defensive end. But then he has the motor and stuff of Barkley, and how Barkley was just tough nosed. Like, hey, I, I I'm gonna get everything and go for everything. And then he's got the athleticism that's more than Blake Griffin and. It, it's just it's absolutely insane. And what's here's what's crazy special about Zion. And it's really hard to explain. Is Zion gonna be a Batman for a team? I'm not for sure about that. But it but he's the best version of Robin. And I only I say that because he fits with every single team. Yeah, every single team needs Zion, and he he is absolutely insane. Is Zion gonna average 35 points a game? I don't think so. But is he going to be the I mega know, version? He could get like fifteen tip dunks every every night. Yeah, that, like that's that's the thing. Like he is, it's absolutely insane. And fit wise, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better fit. And by with Porzingis and Luca, really, just any of those teams of saying, hey, this is. I mean, he literally fits with every single team, and you can't really say that with some of these prospects that come out. Some of some of the prospects come out and you say, "All right, you're one, but we're going to we're going to build the team with you as our primary scorer like you're our alpha dog type of guy." Like RJ Barrett is a get, give the ball to him. He's going to be your main type He's of scorer. Harrison Barnes. <laughs> and you got to try like you got to figure that out, but if you're a franchise who needs that type of scorer, it makes more sense. Zion can fit in anything. <laughs> Absolutely anything. And it doesn't matter about position. You just throw him on the court. So, he's absolutely incredible. He's the number one pick for Dallas and any other other team. His synergy page, it's yeah. quite funny. Uh, it's you know, great. we've talked about the ratings for for players and how it's like poor and average and below average and very they, good. Yeah, they rank for different kinds of play types. So you know how he ranks in spot up attempts and isolation and how he ranks defending certain positions and you know positions and certain plays and things like that, pick and roll and stuff like that. Yeah, so there's like eleven different categories. Uh, this is his rating in him. Excellent, 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 average, excellent. Excellent is the highest, and average is in? <laughs> average is in spot-up shooting. Which is the only thing he doesn't have, and that's what's that's what's holding him back from being that number one, that but Batman that you're talking about. And that, that's the only yeah, thing. <laughs> but the know? thing, but the crazy thing about that, and, and I say the Batman thing, when I say Batman thing, I'm thinking of somebody like a KD type that you give the ball at the top of the key, last play of the game, you so you say, "Get me a basket," and it's a it's a step back, it's you know whatever it is. And you know who wasn't that when they came into the league? Kawhi, Giannis, Paul George. Yeah. These, the, all these guys were not that when they came into the league and developed. I mean, Anthony Davis wasn't. Anthony Davis averaged twelve points his first season in the NBA. Yeah. So like that's the, you know he. But the thing is, his set shot isn't bad. Like 
if it's he's, a set shot yeah, and he's he just, open, he just has no movement on it. Yeah, he he's he's got it. it. It's fine, and he's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, he. That's it. He that answers your question. There you go. That's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's our podcast. All right, give me um, give me one more or two more. One more. I have three more. I know we got more time. We have more time. We'll do we'll do these again. We can we can we can brush past some of them. Okay, we'll give um, the important one then. <laughs> question number two. If it's not Zion and we land two through four, what player do you want? I want Bradley Beal. This is a question <laughs> This is a question that we get a lot of or we've taught fans are debating because these top prospects when you get into the job ja Morants and you get into these RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish and you know the Duke guys and so you got Jarrett Culver that uh he's kind of a wild card for me. I don't know how I feel about him yet. But I will give you um do you want to go first or I'll give you my guy who I yeah. Give me your uh, okay. I'll give you my guy. Give me your guy, yeah. Give me your guy first. Okay. I'm going to say this, and it might surprise you a little bit. If the Mavericks land at two, I would take this guy at two. I would take him at three, four. First preference is the, is the trade out of the pick, but if they stay there, and if they have the second pick in the draft, I want them to take DeAndre Hunter. Mm. ACC guy, I like him more. I like his fit uh, alongside this Mavericks squad. Because here's the thing. Danny Chow said this the other day on the, on the Ringer pod, and and this is something to keep in mind. He said, when you get down into the draft, and a lot of people make this draft so uh, uh, that it's really down compared to past drafts. And yes, the, in a sense it is. But when you get past those first couple of picks, what are teams looking for? They're looking for quality role players. And I think this draft does have a lot of quality role players, but they don't have the superstar type of potential guys. They have a couple you know, at, near the top, but... Super quality role players. Well, the the crazy and weird spot that Dallas is in, out of all of these top teams near the top, nobody has a duo like Porzingis and Luka. And those are your oh, stars. Come on, come on. You got Trey Young and you have John Collins. Come on. Get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Don't even. Those are your stars. Those are potential all-stars. Those are your main bucket getters, okay? In a weird sense, Dallas should be drafting for need in that in that spot and most of the time you say don't draft for need you just draft the best player available and i this is the only draft if dallas landed at two to four that i would say let's hold back some and if they didn't trade the pick let's hold back on that mentality because i think they should draft for need and not best player available and that in in that case i want deandre hunter He's 6'7". He just won a, a Defensive Player of the Year award for ACC. He shoots 45% from three. Uh, he's a Virginia guy, Carlisle Connections. I, I just really love who he, he broke his wrist last year, so a lot of people see, hey, he had the injury, he missed the tournament, and people freaked out about, you know, oh, my gosh, it's a wrist injury, it's not a knee injury. But 6'7", seven, seven, wingspan, 45% from three. He plays defense. He would be, if you groomed him properly, he would be that four alongside Porzingis and Porzingis at the five. It, I, I love him compared to some of these other guys. I would take DeAndre Hunter, and I feel like not everybody would be on board with me with that, but that's where I'm at right now. Are you worried about taking another wing from Virginia? No. Justin Stop An- it. Justin Anderson. 
I don't know. Stop it. Very different. That That's the guy that I have at the top of my head right now. I haven't done a whole ton of draft work yet because we, we're not going to do our, our draft profiles until later. But, I mean, that's the guy. Cam Reddish seems like he should be the guy, right? He seems like he should be the guy that fits exactly what the Mavericks need. He is this, this role player that's supposed to be able to shoot the lights out. He has this wingspan. He's uh, listed at 6'8", but some people say he could be 6'10". Like, he's still growing and... You know, he's, he's fitting next to these two superstars right now, and he should be that guy. He's not. He, he hasn't shown. He, doesn't, he hasn't been productive. He, I haven't seen this shot, whether it's with Zion on the floor or without. You can make the case for either side. Well, his shooting percentage should go up because Zion's attracting all this attention. It's like, oh, well, he should be you know, shooting better when Zion's out because he's getting the ball more, getting better rhythm, getting more shots up. Neither has worked. <laughs> Neither has yeah. worked for this guy. So I'm not about him. R.J. Barrett seems like he needs to be the isolation I need the ball kind of score. You have two guys like that. And Luca and Porzingis both need the ball. They both, you know, Porzingis can catch and shoot for sure, but he does his little drives in the lane and his turnaround little, you know, Dirk moves that he has. He's going to want to do that too. John, that, Mar- John Morant we're not into, you know. Um, well, yeah, well, John Morant's, John Morant's kind of the same thing with R.J. Barrett. Of, I think they um, they should go, they should get into these systems where they're going to get the ball a lot and run their run their thing, do what they do best. Do they have the most star potential? Absolutely. Can John Morant or R.J. Barrett be uh, the rookie of the year next year? Could sure. they? Yeah, absolutely. I think R.J. Barrett can. I think R.J. Barrett's going to be just fine in the league. A lot of people's getting a lot of hate right now. Of just this, hey, put the ball down, and he never passes. Can't do anything else. He he's going to be a really good player in the league. It's just I think when you get into some of those teams, they might need an R.J. Barrett type compared to Dallas. Dallas doesn't need that. And when you say, well, who would you not want at that top? It might sound crazy, but I don't want R.J. Barrett on the Mavs and. It's just because like some people are like, oh, if you're in the lottery, you should just take the best player available. No, I think DeAndre Hunter would be 10 times better fit for this Maverick squad than R.J. Barrett. And But do I think R.J. Barrett can have the more star potential than DeAndre Hunter? Absolutely. And win more like accolades? Absolutely, I think R.J. can. So it's not a knock on him. I just think as philosophy and mindset-wise, Dallas should draft for need at that top spot. But if they get the top th- uh, a top two through four pick, I don't even think they should draft a player. I think they should look trade it. They should just play for need, and you don't have. You could draft somebody that would fit your need, or they could they trade it out for somebody. And we'll we'll do we'll do podcasts in the future of you know different places they could trade that pick, or who would be interested in the pick, or players that could be available, and things like that. And I joke about Brad Beal, but he's probably not going to be available. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. You know, as far as like what could they actually get for the pick you know, in a in a later pod, but as far as like player wise but even looking at things like moving down it's like what i was saying while i go of these role players in this draft there's a ton of these wings in the draft when you get into clark for gonzaga or uh the alexander guy from virginia tech and i mean you just go you go down the line of these these wings now that are coming out and teams are valuing them higher so if if dallas moved back you look at like boston right now boston is it looks like they're going to get sacramento's pick and the clippers pick with them making the playoffs so right now that pick those two picks right now look at like 18 or 14 and like 18 so if you had the fourth pick could you call boston and say i'll take 14 18 and you know something else and their pick is in the early 20s too yeah, so it's yeah, so that's the type of thing of where you have a couple shots to bring in a couple guys in. Uh, Boston, they don't need more rookies coming in. What could you do? You know, could you work something around that? They might need more rookies coming in if if Kyrie's well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but you know, what if on the flip side, what if uh, the Pelicans really want like R.J. Barrett or something? 
and Dallas gets the second pick, could you call Boston and say, hey, give us 14, Pelican. 18. Oh, yeah. Yeah, give us 14, 18, and Marcus Smart, and we'll give you R.J. Barrett. And you get Marcus Smart, two, 14 and 18 you know, from Boston. I'm just – there's so many – and have Boston Zion, get Anthony Davis essentially. Yes, and then Boston would trade RJ and that that Memphis pick next year and Jalen Brown and something like that for for Anthony Davis, or whatever. So like, there's so many different options out there. My just thing is there. Like, I loved, I like DeAndre Hunter a lot. Would I say that it's the? Would I say you don't trade out of that pick because of DeAndre Hunter? No, but if they stay there, I would want DeAndre Hunter. So it, yeah. There's there's so many guys in that late. Cam Johnson, I, you know I love Cam Johnson, Carolina. I'm really pushing for him. He's a first round pick, but and Nas Little, like if they if Nas Little at four is not the craziest thing in the world, but I'd still take DeAndre Hunter. If they move back some and Little fell, I love his body type and what he can bring defensively. I think a shot will come around, and my UNC bias is coming out. I, I get that, but I think he would fit alongside Porzingis and Luca also. So there you go. That's our feelings on the draft right now. That's our initial feelings. Now they they will yeah. obviously change. They changed last year. I mean, you can our draft boards were were crazy different from the beginning of the season to you know to the end. And we did our first draft board in January last year, by the way. Oh my gosh. We'll have to do our first draft board coming up here pretty soon. We'll have to do it. So there you go. That's some draft questions. And uh, let us know if you think Porzingis is going to play this year. If you want him to play, obviously most of us do. But some will would rather hold him until the end of you know this season and have him ready for next season. So let us know. Tweet us at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris, at Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.